the blast from our past network. Hot ride? Hot ride! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Mm, giddy up. <laughs> Welcome to Cartwright of Seinfeld Podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld. Back to back to back to back. We're super fans. And I'm John Machida, the Micro Machine <laughs> Man. <laughs> I thought that's what you were going with, the Micro Machine no. Man. <laughs> no, I'm Adam. And who are you? I'm, I'm Corey. <laughs> but this brings to, to light the fact that there's a reason why he was who he was. Because what you tried to do was very difficult. I can't do it, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I fall apart so quickly. I would. Hey, guys and gals out there, do you guys remember the Micro Machines commercials? Those <laughs> things were great. Loved them. Yeah. Uh, he was good. He yeah, showed he up was. in uh, some episodes of... Uh, Say by the Bell as well. That's other things right. like that. Yeah. Um. All right. But anyway, this is not the Micro Machine Podcast. <laughs> Micro Man Machine Podcast. This is the Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. And today we are talking season five, episode sixteen, The Stand In. It first aired on April twenty fourth, nineteen ninety four. Corey, could you please give us that synopsis? Absolutely. The Stand In. Kramer is hired as a stand in on a soap opera. He encourages Mickey to put lifts on his shoes but his advice doesn't sit well with the other little people's stand-ins. George is ready to break up with his girlfriend until he discovers that she's being urged to call it quits with him. All right, and as with most every episode of Seinfeld, we start off with a stand-up, this one, on buses. (laughs) On buses and how they're like your fat uncles. (laughs) The bus is the single stupidest, fattest, slowest, most despised vehicle on the road, isn't it? Yes. And that's me, not not Jerry saying it. (laughs) For for me, living in Georgia, I'll tell you it's the jacked up trucks that sound way Uh, too fucking loud. I hate those fucking things. We have a lot of those up here in Oregon as well. They're everywhere. Yeah, Yeah. they they used to be. I thought they used to be from the south, but then I moved away from the south. I'm like, oh, God, these people are fucking everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) You ever notice uh, when you get behind the bus, people in the car go, what are what are you doing? Get away. Come on. The back of the bus is like an eclipse, isn't it? People are just like the sun. Where's the sun? It's like this huge metal ass taking up the whole windshield of your car. And, said, uh, and when it pulls out, it even sounds like a fat uncle trying to get out of a sofa. And he goes, and does some like vocalizations. They were actually pretty funny. So ultimately, ultimately, I was like, yeah, this one was fine. This stand up was fine. Nothing, nothing wrong with it. Truthfully, all the observations are, are pretty on point. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, all right. George and Jerry are on a bus to start us off, and they see a guy that they know, which was, it was, um, do you want to talk about, like, the weird, just green screen of it, or yeah, blue or, screen, I, just, I think they're using? Yeah, it's just, it was just, like, it was weird in the fact just seeing them on the bus to begin with, and I feel yeah. like we see them on subways more than we see them on the bus. Yes. Which is interesting. But real quick, before you talk about uh, Al, that guy, just wanted to let you know, he was actually in The Mandalorian Season 2. He played, oh. yeah, he played uh, in, in the first episode, he plays that that Weequay uh, bartender. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He actually really? has a lot of, uh, he was also on um, Preacher as well. He's got a lot of credits, this guy who plays Al. Okay, cool. Good for him. 
Um, but yeah, he's kind of strange. He just comes on, start talking to them, and me, I'm like, who the fuck are you, dude? Like this, this is an episode where I'm partly like, who the fuck are these people? Um, but I see, I like talks- seeing their friends though. I kind of like seeing people that they know outside of the group. I guess so. I'm partly just like. Who the fuck are these people? <laughs> okay. <laughs> touche. Touche. So, and he's talking about how much he is in love. Uh, obviously, that kind of irks George and stuff just because he's George and he hates anybody being happy. Um, well, and also he has nothing to talk to about his girlfriend, which is what the conversation sort of like starts with. And, you know, this guy's like, oh, I love my wife or my girlfriend. We talk all the time. Sometimes we step all night talking, you know. Yeah. Which, uh, fair enough. It, it, exactly. He's not he's not feeling it hard with his girl, but um, all right. So he, he mentions this guy, Fulton, who's in the hospital, um, a friend of theirs, and he could really use a laugh right now and trying to just pressure Jerry into, you know, going to see him um, at uh, the apartment. Jerry feels, you know, that damn it. You know, why are people pushing me to do this? You know, he he feels like if he's pressured and he has to go to be Fulton, he has to be on. Mm-hmm. And I can totally see that. Like. As as an artist, and he's definitely an artist um, in that aspect, where you know this is his comedy is his thing, and so now he has to do it for a buddy of his, and that does that puts a lot of fucking pressure. I get the sense that possibly this storyline was probably close to Jerry Seinfeld, the actor slash creative's uh, heart, and maybe even um, Larry David, because you know Larry David would do stand up back in the day too. So I think this is to, to it's probably very inside baseball to entertainers, people who are entertainers. Yeah, I would agree with that. That totally makes sense. So um, George, he doesn't want to join him for it because <laughs> i guess he just he's just george doesn't well he's he's afraid that he's afraid in, in situations like this people have nothing to lose so they will ultimately tell george what they really think about him and he can't handle that and it's yes. funny because it goes it just goes back to like a, a, a george thing like he can't go there because it's an insecurity that he has very true yeah all right because he would do that to other people yeah of course <laughs> yeah, of, yeah course. of course so all right in slides Kramer uh, with Mickey and Kramer's got these sunglasses on. He gets a decent laugh because he slides perfectly. And I'm not going to lie. I kind of missed a little bit of a, a cheer here. I needed a woo. I need like this was an entrance that actually deserved just a little bit. We've talked about it before. I, I don't know if there was a need to put a complete ban on Kramer cheers. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm with you, man. We, we could have gotten a little bit more of an applause, a little bit more of an uproar out of it. But that being said, not going to lie, Mickey is one of my favorite uh, Seinfeld side characters. Yes. For me, he's up there with Newman. Maybe not quite up there with Newman, but it's, it's, he's it's in the impossible. upper. Yeah, you, yeah. You, call, you call him your tits. Yeah, it's impossible to be up there with Newman. But there's So there is the elites. Obviously, yes. it's the, the, the four main. And then we're talking the elite side characters, which is... I would put Newman and Putty. Yes, yes. Newman and Putty are elites, and then probably like A tier under that yes. for like yeah, and in Mickey for the Mickey's. Yeah, exactly. The the ones that don't have a ton of episodes, but still had have more than like one or two. And I love them. I love Mickey. I think Mickey is a great character. I like what happens with him later, and of course we'll talk yes. about it. But just seeing him, you know, and obviously you know, knowing that he, knowing that he was going to come in this episode, I was very very excited yeah. to get to get Mickey back into my life. God damn it, he, I love Mickey. <laughs> it's he's played by Danny Woodburn, who is an awesome actor in Fantastic. his own, just in other stuff. Particularly, I want to throw out um, him in Watchmen was great. I mean, but he's done a lot of good stuff. 
So. Who was he in? You mean the TV show or the movie? No, the movie Watchmen. Who was he in the movie? So he was kind of like in. He was in the jail, kind of like a uh, little yes, like yes, jail yes, mob yep, boss. Yep, yep. Um, that, that guy. Yep. yep, I remember that now. Yep, that was Mickey. That was a great scene. That was a whole. That was fantastic. He's great, Mickey. Uh, yes, the the actor is fucking awesome. Love him. Love seeing him here. Yep. So, uh, all right. Uh, oh, wait, he's also he's isn't he also in um, Death to Smoochie? Have you seen Death to Smoochie? No, I haven't. And I'm I don't think I can't remember if he is in that one or not. Oh, he he might be. Yeah, I think he is. Is that the one with like Mark Hamill's in it or something? No, no, no. That's uh, Robin Williams. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, Danny Woodburn. Yeah, he's in he's in Death to Smoochie. Okay, is that a good movie? Death, I've never seen it. Death to Smoochie is I think a fan. Fantastic dark comedy. It's got Edward Norton is the is the lead. Uh, Robin Williams is in it. It's kind of like a dark comedy parody of Barney. Yeah, shit. I remember when that movie came out. I do. It is funny, and Danny Wood- Woodburn is in it, and he's great in it too. So you know, he doesn't play like a huge role, but he plays it pretty good enough. I don't think it's a movie that gets enough love. So I just, I just, he, I just wanted to throw that out there. Okay, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, Danny Wood. Yeah, Danny Woodburn. Fucking awesome. Love, love yes. Mickey. And I agree. He is right in that next tier. He is probably like the number one of that next tier yeah. for me. Uh, yep. So. Yep. Same. Same. So. All right. Kramer and uh, Mickey are they're apparently stand-ins for actors on All My Children. So a stand-in for people who don't know is um, a regular person who they put in basically like the same kind of attire. And, they, and you need to have like the same height and the same kind of build. As, or a similar enough as the person that you're standing in for, because it's all about lighting. It's what they're doing to set up the shot, to set up, test their moves for the camera, and to test the lighting for the shot. And, so and that's it, what. Yeah. And of course, like all of that is a time-consuming process. So the actor doesn't need to get worn no. out, you know, while they yes. can be in their trailer, kind of rehearsing and everything. And uh, and famously, uh, we always talk about on the show whenever he pops up, uh, Norman Brenner. Uh, he mm-hmm. is a stand-in for Michael Richards, so because he's the same height and everything. But because he's such a you know part of the show, they they find ways to sort of put him in. Although we haven't seen him that much this season. Um, but famously, that is. Is, that is a stand like he's a stand-in and again i kind of get the sense this this episode i wouldn't even be surprised at this point i mean they've all probably been friends with norman brenner for so long they probably say you know what let's let's take his job kind of highlight mm-hmm. it to kind of show what you know what they do because they, they don't ever make fun of the job of stand-in no. you know so no. they actually kind of treat that very well so i almost got the sense yeah. that this was for Norman Brenner, that being the case, that maybe they should have given him uh, the director job or something, you know, in it. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I, do, I, I just kind of got the sense that this might have been for Norman Brenner. Interesting. I didn't think about that, but I like that tie-in. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, stand-ins are important. Like, I, I work in a, you know, I've worked in big films, not like anything like big, big theatrical. But, you know, we've I've worked on theatrical films and that kind of stuff. And then currently my role is I'm, I work for a government video and it's just me and another guy. And when I'm trying to like set lighting or do something and I have no one to do that, it's just, it's damn near impossible. I have to like grab a coworker and be like, can you just sit down just, for like a yeah, minute? Just sit there for a second. <laughs> just, I just need to get levels and shit. Yeah, I get it. And, uh, yeah. you know, probably the other most famous example of, of a stand in, like in a movie is, uh, love actually. There's that whole oh, storyline yeah. between the two people, the, the stand ins and they're having sex or, but they're not, you know, and they're, they're not, yeah. Yeah. But they're stand ins. So that's, that's exactly. like another time that it's been highlighted. 
Yeah, I mean, they're yeah, stand-ins are supposed to pretty much be there for lighting or be there for movements. I mean, they're doing the blocking, meaning yeah. they're doing yep. either the walking or the whatnot, which I which I'll come back to later as to why I thought I thought something was weird in the show, but it doesn't matter. But that's their that's the gist of their job. Yep. Um, Mickey's upset right now because the kid that he's standing in for is growing, and it's gonna put him out of work. And so it's like he's growing faster than Mickey can like you know not quite keep up, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, because you know he's he's gonna he's gonna grow past him, and they're gonna have to find someone else. Uh, Kramer said he should offer him cigarettes. To start. <laughs> <laughs> have you thought about him stopping? How to stop his growing? I've offered him cigarettes. That is funny. Yeah. God that's... damn. That is dark, but yep. funny. Yep. The first thing I thought of, I was like, oh, there's uh, there's Adam's dark humor that he loves right there. Man. All right. To to be really particularly dark. This is awful. This is this is a side of how awful I am. There's like this YouTube video of like a three year old kid or something, and he's from like the Philippines or something, and he's and he's sm- he's like a ch- and unfortunately no, this is this is tragic where he is like he's he he smokes like three packs a day or some shit like that. Jesus. He's just constantly smoking, and he's like a young young ass kid. But damn, if he doesn't look cool doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, he looks cool. I mean, everybody looks cool smoking, man. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I I started smoking back in the the late '90s, um, because of fucking Chayun Fat, and I thought he looked cool as shit. So, yep, mm. not gonna lie. That's smoking is always the coolest looking thing in the world. Yes. Oh man. And I'm excited. Not not related, but I'm excited. My my brother, who I podcast with, John, on uh, Blast from Our Past, and um throwback trivia just turned 40 this yeah. year what an old man i'm just kidding um but i'm excited i told him for for his birthday because i'm going to go out to to vegas um for christmas to be with him and my dad and whatnot oh Rhea, maybe my wife are uh and i told him all right he's not a big whiskey guy but i said okay there is one whiskey he likes he likes a flavored knob creek so i was like okay i'm gonna get this uh knob creek smoked maple for you and I'm going to get a couple cigars and my sister's uh, fiance and uh, maybe my dad. I'll ask him if he wants to join in on us. And I'll just be like, hey, for my brother turning 40, I just want to smoke a cigar and have a whiskey. Yeah. Um, partly because one of the very first cigars I ever smoked was with my brother. Oh, cool. That I remember. Okay. And actually, the only Cuban that I ever smoked was with my brother. And it was it was fucking good i'm not gonna lie it was very smooth it was very tasty yeah uh there was this producer i'm going i'm on mad side (laughs) side side tangents today i'm sorry um but there was this producer who i worked with who had a cigar in his mouth all the damn time all the time and i was a i was a bump like you know just a little assistant editor in um in los angeles and i told him hey my brother just recently had uh, a kid i want to you know, take a cigar. Do you have a recommendation for me that I can go buy and get? And he's like, no, 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 no. You know, you don't get anything. Here you go. You come to me. And so he gave me like these two, um, these two Cubans. They were, oh my God, why can't I remember something, something especial. They were a solid brand. And I, you know, you Google afterwards and be like, okay, these are legit. Yeah. Uh, and so I took them over. John and I smoked them outside. We went to a Bad Religion concert. <laughs> and so it was an out, outdoor Bad Religion concert. And we smoked them, listened to Bad Religion, and just kind of like cheers to his new child, that kind of thing. And it was awesome. And so I kind of wanted to be like, man, you're fucking 40. Let's smoke a cigar together. I'm not going to be able to afford an awesome-ass Cuban or whatnot. <laughs> but um, I want to do that. And I, because I'm so into whiskey, I'll buy him a bottle of yeah. his. 
no, his whiskey that he that's likes, cool so. dude that's super yeah. cool i i had a i had one i've had one cuban cigar it was with my dad um we were down in mexico one of those like all-inclusive resort things and mm-hmm. uh doing that thing you know which is fun the family thing and uh, but i was older than 21 so we could drink and everything out me and my dad were just drunken messes that whole time <laughs> um but uh yeah smoked a cuban with him I, i'll smoke cigars occasionally i like them they, to me they were as an ex cigarette smoker they always kind of feel like a dick tease to me like because i want to inhale into my lungs you know that's just how natural it is but <laughs> uh, i thought i thought you were gonna go into a dick tease about you you have this big oblong thing here, this thing in your mouth and you know you just want it all the way and you can't. yeah poor choice of words um yes but yeah i wow. i do like cigars occasionally but i don't smoke them smoke them that regularly but that is really cool dude that is cool that you're gonna share that moment with your brother yeah and 40's not that old i'm 42 motherfucker <laughs> yeah, we didn't do shit for your forty. Right? I, I don't, yeah, we were we were in the same city at that time. I think. I think so, Maybe man. Dude, my my, my my short term memory is so fucking blown because of this the the weed. My yeah. weed addled brain. <laughs> I don't remember what the fuck I did on my fortieth birthday, bro. <laughs> I'll guarantee you, I was probably drunk and high. So that's all I know. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Back to all I found. <laughs> all of that. To just talk about stand-ins? Yeah. Is that, is that <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, offering a kid cigarettes. That's where this go. tangent there came you from. Go. Okay. And it's funny. Goddamn kids smoking. Funny. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey, everybody. I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. And now, back to the show. Uh, all right. Jerry offers him to do lifts, which uh, uh, Mickey is like, no, that's out of the question. And then George says, can't you just switch with another midget? Mm. This is a faux pas. Absolutely. Now, actually, we kind of talked about last episode a little bit of the, um, the you know, the culture of, of, you know, sensitivity and that kind of thing. Political correctness, that. yeah. This is one of the correct political correctness. Right. Because the term... Uh, so this was around, actually, this was kind of around the time where the, the whole mentality was to shift from using that word to using little person. Right. Yeah. And so that term actually comes from, um, midge fly. It originated from, there's a thing called a midge fly, but it's actually basically a gnat okay. kind of thing, uh, which are very, very small insects. And in the late 1800s, people started using them as a reference to small person, oh, uh, so you're basically you're calling them a to fly. Uh, or well, nat, you're calling like a, you're yeah they they're they're, they're, put, they're putting them to midge, meaning like yeah. you know you're very very yeah. small. And putting midget was 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 kind of like something that people would say like they would say off the cuff about or say they would call midge flies midgets as well. Yeah, and so they just took that term and shifted it to oh you're just a super tiny little fly or a little tiny little thing. Uh, and so you know it, it wasn't particularly good. No, uh, but it stuck with a lot of stuff. Um, and me, you know, I would say back in the day, I was like, I didn't really understand what they, and that's a lot of it because it didn't affect me or didn't, you know, it wasn't yeah. my thing. So I was like, but I, but I did, you know, you shift to what it is because 
what what matters is if people want to be called something, just fucking shut up and respect it. Yeah. Yes. Who cares? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I think this is one of those times where, you know, like we said, political correctness sometimes sucks, but sometimes it's for a good thing. And here it is. And I think it's all in all that it's it's around the same time. I think everything shifted from calling somebody with like a disability or, or something different about them. You know, yeah. like people trying to stop using the term retard and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just trying to like you don't need to fucking make somebody feel bad. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't. I, yeah, that's it. That's bottom line is if it makes a person feel bad then just don't do it there's no reason to make another human being feel bad about anything unless they're a piece of shit and they deserve to feel bad you know yeah but otherwise no just no it's it's yeah let's it's this is the sensitivity that i think is important in life yeah so um, and, and that being said, I don't think George was being malicious at all. And I think Mickey no, kind of no, jumped no. down his throat just a, just a smidge, just a smidge. But I think George, yeah. may, or, or maybe George just wasn't aware of what he was doing, but I don't think yeah. that there was any malicious intent behind it. Agreed. I don't think he was trying to be mean. He was being, like, in the most honest way, ignorant yes. about the situation because yep. he just didn't, he didn't really know about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, he's, and I love that Mickey is a contentious person. Like he is, he never backs down. That, that's why Mickey is fucking awesome. He's a yeah. ball of rage, just like everybody else. Yes. Uh, but Mickey and Kramer head out and Kramer pressures him into getting lifts. So, all right, cut to Jerry who goes to see Fulton and you know, he's trying to make him laugh and he is not doing so hot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> quick scene. All right, at my, we'll try and go fast. I, I, well, I feel, well, it's just like all the Fulton scenes were kind of just the, like, sure, okay. They sure. are, they are meh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at Monk's, George is with um, his woman of the episode, and uh, he, you know, he wants to try and date Daphne. I didn't even look into who she is. She didn't look familiar to me. Yeah, I looked her up. She doesn't. She actually didn't have a picture on IMDb, so that always tells okay, you yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And nope. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I actually thought even, she was... Even I have a picture of IMDb. <laughs> yeah. I didn't put it myself. Someone else put it up there for me. I don't know who it was, but I, even fucking I have one, if that tells y'all. Something. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I thought she was kind of cute, but the one thing that I didn't understand was the running gag of George calling her Daphne instead of Daphne. I didn't even notate that at all because I didn't. I it, it didn't click with me. I didn't even like find it funny it's, uh, so, at all. It, so they'll even say it in the subtitles. They'll spell it when he says it D O P H. Oh, wow. and when she says it, and she because she even corrects him. He, he says well Daphne, and then she's like Daphne. You know, but and then it and I was like, why did he say? Because that's what makes me click in this one, and it's the scene. I'm like, why did he say that? And then throughout the rest of the episode, he calls her Daphne, and there's no explanation as to why well that's hilarious yeah uh-huh. man i might be changing my score on this one <laughs> <laughs> right um at monks uh oh i already I already started that see i'm already <laughs> i was about to say the exact same sense i said before um but anyway george he's about to dump daphne daphne um but just before she says she runs into that guy al who was from the bus who told her to stay away from george and that he's just gonna hurt her and so just to prove that guy wrong, now George doesn't want to dump her. And That's a very George thing to do, though. Yeah, and this is when, you know, as much as I hate, like, say, cocky George, this is the George that I love, where he'll lean into something out of spite. <laughs> yes, this is very much spiteful George, yeah. and this is solid George. <laughs> love so. spiteful George. <laughs> yeah. uh, on set, we see a very quick cheesy scene between a um, 
you know, dad and his son and all my children, dad and, and <laughs> yeah. his son or whatever. Uh, and then in come the stand-ins who are Kramer and Mickey. We do hear Larry David's voice clearly as like a gaffer or something in the background. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that. Um, and they're and uh, the stand-in, they're, uh, Mickey and Kramer are doing some lines. And this is the only thing that kind of bothered me. Stand-ins don't really need to do lines. Yeah, they're not acting. You don't need. To, you need to. You need to know where you're walking. You need to do your blocking, but you don't need to memorize the lines. Right. It, even though probably all every stand-in is an actor that wants to be, you know. Uh, so yes. I, I imagine some of them will probably mumble lines to themselves while they're doing it just to to do it. But yeah, you don't have them go through it because when they lean down, they're now in a next lighting spot. They they want them exactly. just to stand there until. Until they say, okay, next position. And by the way, a couple episodes ago where there was a mess up and we saw that X on the on the ground behind um, Kramer on, on the floor of Jerry's apartment. You saw an X. In, in, it, was a, it was a mark? Yeah, it was a mark. And we oh. pointed it out. And, you know, they that mark, I think Kramer stood there. So that means Norman Brenner was standing there at one point when they <laughs> when they put the, the tape down, yeah. you know, and that's it. And that's why there's a bunch of lights overhead. You know, each light is directed at a different spot so you don't have to move them and everything and mm-hmm. and so yeah I, I love i do love when you see the behind the scenes stuff in seinfeld because i as someone who went to film school i still love behind the scenes shit yeah so uh so then uh in comes this uh person tammy attractive person tammy do you recognize her she looked familiar but i oh wait wait Total Recall. There you go. Yes! <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even look her up on IMDb yep. or anything. So, and then I just had to, oh, wait a minute. I've definitely seen her. Yep. She Total was, Recall, she was, baby. She was at the bar with the three-breasted woman. And then yes. in the giant brawl at the end, she stabbed uh, Michael Ironside's second-hand yeah. goon with the glasses. That guy. She uh-huh. stabs him in the chest with the knife. So she yeah. actually has some nice, like, action for, you know, parts for herself yeah. in that movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, Mickey wants to take her on a date. Um, and she's like, okay, something's different about you. All right, let's do this date. You know, I can't tell. Then this other guy comes in, Johnny, uh, who very contentious. You can tell there's something between him and Mickey. Like I like, they kind of have to be over the top because we've, we've seen these characters for the first time. And so we kind of have to, and we can just tell Mickey and Johnny have something against each other. Uh, but he also is very suspicious. The word that I couldn't couldn't think about or, or about last episode, <laughs> suspicious, <laughs> or was it this episode? I don't remember. I don't know. Uh, they all blend. What, in. After like eighty-one episodes, my man, they all kind of blend in together. <laughs> even even when you're talking, I it's know. blending in <laughs> to everything else. Um, but yes, it's. <laughs> Oh no! It was the last one because I was talking about uh, the pie. The pie that the guy that's, dropped off. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, wow! I'm this. This. I guess this whiskey's hitting me a little bit harder <laughs> than I thought. Not all that bad. This is. This is a wonderful forty percent um, uh, Irish peated single malt. Ooh. It is delicious. Called Connemara. Very easy to drink. Good sipper. If you like peated, this is very lightly peated. I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, 40%, so it's very easy for someone who is not like an intense whiskey person. So, Connemara, give it a shot. Nice. I am uh, not sipping on a juicy IPA this time. I am sipping oh. on a stout called the Fort George 
Cavatica stout, and it is 8.8. And, dude, and you can't taste, like, you know when you drink beers that are, like, kind of, like, higher than a 7? They start tasting sort of alcohol-y. Dude, this does not, and that is dangerous. <laughs> yeah, that's why, like, they, like the Russian Imperial stuff, you can, they just taste too. They almost hit too hard. Like, if I'm wanting a beer, sometimes they can hit pretty hard. Um, see, the Russian Imperial stouts. See, but. I I used to hate Russian Imperial stouts, especially like the Rasputin and whatnot. Yeah, when, yeah, when I would buy them in the bottles. If you actually get them on tap, they taste so different that like mm. I feel like that's the way it should taste. And so like I hate Rasputin on like in a, in a bottle, but on tap yeah. I think it's fucking amazing. So yeah, I, I don't I don't mess with Imperials unless they're on tap. Okay, fair enough. All right, we cut back to Jerry who's bombing with uh, Fulton. It's kind of funny. In walks this other guy. Who the fuck are you? I <laughs> said to myself that it's Phil, another dude in their friend group. It's, I mean, it is kind of funny seeing guys in their other, like, like with the, the, which we'll get later, the Bette Midler, yeah. um, the softball episode, they're going to see other kind of people that they've, you know, play softball with and shit like that. And, but. and, and, uh, what's his name? Shit. Uh, Phil, Phil comes in hot, yeah. man. He comes in cool. I, I love his, he like, does, he's like, Fulton, I, and he gives like, he throws yeah. out all these names on Fulton. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that was cool. I liked him, you know, until he, maybe it's because me as an adult, I found that I have less friends than ever. And I'm just like, <laughs> who the fuck has all these friends? <laughs> well, at the same time, you know, you and I have moved from where we grew up and then we moved to a city and then uh-huh. we moved away from that city. So, like yeah. Jerry is still technically living where he grew up, mm-hmm. and it's yeah, like sort I, of you know because he grew yeah, up in va- you know what valid yeah he, he and by the way uh, Jerry was Queens right him and George grew up in Queens I think I believe so yeah my by the way my New York geography is is terrible I don't no fucking clue. yeah and the sad the shit of it is is that my wife and I were gonna go visit um, Maryland this year earlier in the year before right before COVID happened uh, or right after COVID happened and we were gonna do a day trip up to uh, New York gonna take the bus or actually the train I mean um, and we were gonna like actually go uh, see the Ghostbusters firehouse and and shit like that and then. Um, 2020 happened and so hopefully that's a 2021 thing who knows because i mean new york guys if we have any listeners there my heart goes out to you i don't know if that place is going to get turned into a an escape from new york scenario or something but man (laughs) things do not look good in new york or la no um yeah, fuck. Yeah, Thanks, right. <laughs> I know. Downer. Hey, but on the positive side of things, uh, speaking of New York, uh, apparently in the new Miles Morales game that came out for the PS4 and the PS5, the Spider-Man uh, game, uh, you can yeah. see the Ghostbusters firehouse. You can swing by the Ghostbusters house. Oh, that's very yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. At the apartment, uh, Elaine is there. George comes up. Uh, you know, Jerry's talking about this Phil guy that he ran into. <clears throat> Talking about this Phil guy that he ran into, uh, and basically tells Elaine, you know, she should go out with him. Yeah. And from what we've seen, yeah, he, as you said, comes in hot. Seems like a confident, nice guy. Yeah. So sure, I'm for it. Um, George tells them about the bus dude and just be being angry about that. And so he's gonna continue dating her out of spite. Yep. <laughs> I love spiteful George. It's one of my favorite yeah. Georges. That is one thing that Seinfeld does, I think, more than a lot of other comedies. We haven't really talked about this, is that so they show you a scene, and then the next scene, they're talking about the scene that they showed before. But it's still funny. A lot of times, other shows or movies will try that, and it sucks. Yeah. 
But Seinfeld will start off another scene talking about like, oh, here's what happened yeah. in the last scene. I'm telling you something that you just saw. Usually that's a faux pas in writing. Right. It's like, yeah, we just fucking saw that. Why are we talking about it? But they take that and then they will use that as a start to shift to the next thing to end that scene with, which will then keep us going. Yep. And that's where I think Seinfeld is successful in that writing where other people fail because other people like will just then literally the next scene will only be talking about it. And that that's not it. You gotta, you have to use it to lead into something yeah, else. You and use Seinfeld it to, does that so perfectly. Use it to propel yourself, your story forward. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, why the fuck are you telling us about this? We just saw this. Yes. A hundred percent agreed. And I also agree that Seinfeld does this very well. Yeah. All right. Uh, in a locker room, uh, you know, for, with the actors, um, Mickey notices that someone has gone through his locker and has found the lifts that he uses on his shoe. So, uh, all right. We cut then to Jerry and Kramer in uh, the apartment and, and it just kind of continues about like how he was flopping with uh, Fulton, that kind of thing. Kramer wants to help, um, that kind of thing with some of his material. Kramer, Kramer trying to be a stand-up comedian, which is funny because Michael Richards is a stand-up comedian. Yeah. But when Kramer wants to be a stand-up, he's awful. Yeah, and just, just like when he's trying to act too. I love how bad yeah. Cosmo Kramer is at acting. Yeah, exactly. Wait, what's his first name? I haven't heard his first name yet, so I'm not sure <laughs> true, I, I know anything about it. So, all right, in comes Mickey. Uh, tells them that a guy went through his stuff. You know, he knows, and now someone knows that he's been heightening. <laughs> I, I, that's a funny term. You know, we just hadn't heard that kind of term before, um, or most people hadn't. I, I think I think they probably created it for this, as my guess. But um, so now he's all pissed off at Kramer, and again, Mickey, he's a contentious motherfucker. Him and Kramer have this little legit like mini brawl that happens between <laughs> yeah. them that, that jerry has to pull him apart i like that i, th I thought that was yeah. funny you know <laughs> i agree it is i mean and it is only exacerbated and i wouldn't say in a harsh you know like they're making fun of mickey way but it is only heightened to use whatever by michael richards is a tall yeah. guy yeah and mickey obviously shorter person and so them being on a very even brawl yeah. is it is an interesting, funny, you wouldn't expect it. I mean, similar enough, we're going to get later with Kramer fighting kids. <laughs> well, that's a different because he dominates them, but um, it, he doesn't dominate Mickey. I, Fuck no. I think Mickey would probably ultimately win the fight. I, and that's the thing. I think that's what I love about Mickey is that he isn't fucking scared at all. Like, he goes right mm. after Kramer, who, like, I mean, Jerry's taller than him, and but yet Kramer is even taller. And they the fact that they pair Kramer up with Mickey makes it even more interesting. Yeah. But Mickey doesn't fucking back down. And they never, like... His height is never a joke. It's never the joke. The the heightening thing is the joke. The kid yeah. uh, growing is the joke. But they're oh, never yeah, yeah. they're never making fun no, no, no. of little people. They're never making fun of Mickey himself. You know, because you also see Mickey's motivation and everything behind it. And then I love the fact that, like I said, Mickey also can can stand his own ground. And I think all of this is what makes what I love about Mickey. I think this is what makes me love Mickey more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Mickey's Mickey's confidence and his his uh, brashness, his his contentiousness is great. I want to I want to go back to kind of something you were saying, like yeah, they're not they're never making fun of him or any of the other little person actors, um, because yeah, it's never it's not about that. They just 
happen to be actors who are stand-ins for kids or, or stand-ins or whatever they are, whatever. Um, and it's there's other bits about it that make it humorous. I want to tie this back into how they treated homosexuality yeah. with the not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Being gay was never the joke. Right. Them being awkward about talking about homosexuality, that was the right. joke. And that's why it, it played off so well, you know, with everybody. Just, because it's it's yeah, you're not you're not ripping on somebody. No. You're just you're just making fun of like a particular like either situation or things like that. It's all it's all the situations, just like the situations yeah. they make fun of that that our main characters get into. It's a situation that's kind of you know unique to Mickey and 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 his peers. Um, but they're not yeah, like you said, they're not making fun of them. They're just they're just it's a situation that's ridiculous. Just like there's other situations that our people get into. There are people meaning our main characters get into uh you know that are just as ridiculous for them. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's 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 basically it's an even playing field of jokes and that's what makes it awesome yeah agreed all right so mickey does bring up that there's an unwritten code about heightening you're just not supposed to do it um in little person culture little person acting culture um or maybe just sorry in little person culture right let's say that uh george uh we cut to him he's in the car with daphne who daphne right here you didn't see it in the first scene but here she's pretty fucking annoying yeah i'm like yeah you need to fucking dump her but you know, he's starting, he makes an excuse that he needs to go spend the day with his dad. And he's starting to, you know, he's trying to like, you know, get away from like staying, spending the night and shit, that stuff with her. Um, she also, she wants him to like move in shit like that. Then she brings up that, wow, maybe Al was right. And you're just gonna, you know, hurt me. And then that recharges George's, <laughs> uh, you know, his spite, the spite, the spite meter in George, it went back up. <laughs> so, so fuck it. He's going to be with her. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. And with me today in studio is co-host Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. And now, back to the show. All right, uh, we cut to Elaine and Phil in a car at the end of the date. And at this point, I was watching this. I was like, oh, shit. This is this scene. Yeah. I forgot that this is this scene. And it's, it's, beca- <laughs> it's, it was when the ca- it's because the camera angle goes down there before she sees it. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. And I was like, I swear to God we saw the take it out. But, I mean, obviously we haven't. And that's 
something, a recurring problem that we've talked about this entire time is that our memories just jumbled yeah. from syndication. But yep. In, Mine of alcohol, yours yeah, of weed. Yep. It <laughs> so yeah, weed, alcohol, alcohol, and syndication all jumbling all of this stuff <laughs> together. Um, but yeah, right away I was like, no, I was like, no, Phil, you're the take it out guy. I was rooting for you. Nah. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, but I do like that she's telling this pachyderm story which is trying to tie into a very shitty story that jerry told earlier fulton yeah it's very the pachyderm stuff is very loosely brought in and i don't think they do a very good job of it a hundred percent and they're gonna bring pachyderm in again at the end and i'm just like uh i just don't give a fuck about this pachyderm shit but here they're like yeah elaine's telling the story and and phil is eating it up um but all right, so she's about to like, you know, things are starting to get almost hot and heavy. She's she's about to kiss him goodnight, maybe not just goodnight, maybe more. And then she notices something. We then cut to her entering Jerry's apartment, and we found out he pulled it out. Yes, he did. He took it out. And uh, Jerry's shocked. Uh, in comes Kramer, who's also shocked uh, about Phil and what he did. I do love his line where he's like, well, sometimes they need air. You know, you just need to, you need, you need to breathe. And I, and me as a guy, I'm like, well, that's fucking true. Yeah. That's, no, that is 100% true. Uh, ladies out there, uh, you know, Keisha and I had a good conversation about the spare square and how you and I, uh-huh. you and I, meaning you, me, you, me, Adam, um, didn't understand maybe menstruation or something. And I'll put this out there to all our female uh, listeners is that, yeah. yeah, they get confined, they get itchy, they get sweaty, <laughs> they get crushed under things. And as you get older, they start drooping. So they get you. You sit on them. It's crazy. There's it's to quote Jerry from the previous episode about uh, Poppy. It's a wild ride down there. So it you know, is. it's 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 something. It they it, are something. To, to. Yeah, and, and if you walk out of the bedroom and you know your husband's sitting on the couch watching TV, and it's just it's just out, and and everything's out, and he's just letting things air. It's not funny. It's not a thing. It's just like not a strange thing. It's just like you know what. That motherfucker needed to breathe. Yeah, yeah, it really did. And his pals need to breathe. His pals, and that happens. <laughs> the twigs and the berries. <laughs> how did how did the berries get above the twigs? <laughs> Woo! Oh man! Oh my God! There's something about Mary. Good shit. I, I love. There's something Keith about David. Mary. Keith David. Keith David. Keith David and and Marky Post. I love that that they yeah. had. They were an interracial couple. And by the way, I, I love Marky Post too. Um, but dude, I love Keith David, I, man. I, I'm a fucking gargoyles fan, I, so I love me some Goliath. I dude, and uh, he was the voice of Spawn in the HBO. Uh, yeah. Oh, and by the way, um, Spawn is in Mortal Kombat 11. They Keith David Keith oh. David does the voice in Mortal Kombat 11 for Spawn. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's great. Um, but speaking of great, I thought the dialogue between Jerry and Elaine here was top tier. Uh, spoiler alert: mm. I don't think this episode is necessarily top tier. It doesn't mean mm. necessarily mean I hate it, but I don't think the whole episode is top tier. But this. This dialogue where Jerry's trying to fish and the way Elaine is kind of like how she's saying it. And then when when Kramer comes in and he just instantly understood what Elaine was saying right away. Yeah. I was like, that was that was perfect. That's the that's the Seinfeld dialogue that I absolutely adore when it happens, you know? Yeah. Fair enough. All right. So we then cut to monks and uh, Jerry tells George about what happened the whole taking it out again no like there's a lot of scenes where you just 
hearing about the other yeah. shit that you just actually this is the second scene where we're hearing about what happened um and george says i spend so much time trying to get their clothes off and have never thought about taking mine all taking off mine which i was immediately reminded do you ever watch how i met your mother no uh-uh Okay, I was immediately reminded of this show, which um, they have an episode uh, where someone does what they call the naked man move, uh, which is basically when you're on a date, someone like, you know, leaves the room and then you just take off all your clothes and you just you're just naked. And the guy has this is basically his his hypothesis is it works two out of five times, two out of five times. A woman just sees you naked in their apartment after, like, you know, going on a date with you or whatever. And they're like, "Hey, fuck it. Let's go fuck. <laughs> um, but, like, three, you know, yeah. three yeah. of those five times they'll toss away. But, like, for those odds, yeah. that's me. the guy's like, I fucking do it. And so some of the people, like, they try it and it, and it kind of works exactly in that those odds. Yeah. But it's just, to me, that kind of reminded me, like, the take it out was very similar. And I feel like almost t- the take it out from Seinfeld almost acted as a um, – not a reference, but like an inspiration for the naked man in How I Met Your Mother. I don't know if it was, but it felt like it at least. I wouldn't be surprised if it was. You know, I mean, I've, I mean, Seinfeld was huge. We all know that. Yeah. Um, I, I will say though that the the episode almost becomes about the whole take it out thing in the second half of it to the point mm. where I wish they kind of introduced it earlier on and then made the episode more about it because it's almost as if the episode shifts and it doesn't really have its like like focus yeah. like it shifts focus i don't know i just thought it was like you know i just thought maybe we could have had more of it and i wish i got more closure on like the joke of the take it out too because yeah. it's just like nothing really happens after it yeah yeah so all right uh daphne then uh comes to monks um so jerry has to head out and um george still obviously does not like her but goddamn, he's so stubborn because <laughs> i like he's at one so- point he says to jerry he's like you know i think i just don't even like her at this point yeah exactly. <laughs> but it doesn't matter he's sticking to his guns and that's george man that and that is. is the george that we yeah. appreciate yeah. you know this is not cocky george spiteful george <laughs> is 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 the george we yes. like yep a hundred percent exactly like that's the that's the that's the um uh the shrimp store uh, George, yeah. you know, the, uh, uh yeah. whatever, yeah. whatever that is, the, uh, whatever, uh, you know what I'm yes. talking about. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to we'll that. Get to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So Jerry wants to see Fulton again. Uh, so on his way over there, he runs into Phil and, you know, Phil, com- it's, it's kind of funny because we, as an audience, we know what Jerry knows, which is we know that Phil took it out, but Phil doesn't know that Jerry knows that he took it out. Phil complains about a woman breastfeeding in public, which is funny because him complaining about that is like, really, you would complain about that because you took it out? Well, it's even funnier because they're in a hospital. It's not like it. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not public. It's kind of different than public. Yeah. But even so, uh, fucking who cares? Yeah. It's it's the it's honestly it's the juice of life. <laughs> and, fucking d- deal with it. And Phil's if a scumbag someone, if, at this point, so, you know. Yeah, by this point, he's a scumbag, but yes. But, like, you know, if some, if, if a woman... Well, I, I was about to get into a scumbag sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if a woman somewhere out there in the world wants to just pull it out and, like, you know, let a baby suck on it, it's, that doesn't bother me. It wouldn't bother me, but I'd still probably look like it very intently, and they wouldn't want me to look intently. But like, it doesn't bother me. At all. Like, I, yeah, especially you know, you know, if you cover yourself or whatnot. Even if you don't, it's dude, it's natural. It's as natural as it gets. Do you remember me, myself, and Irene with Jim Carrey? 
Uh, I've only seen it like once or twice. <laughs> Where like some lady's breastfeeding in public and then she looks down and her baby's not at her breast anymore. And then Jim Carrey's there like sucking <laughs> on it. Cause, cause he's got like multiple personalities or something. And I love that he has yeah. a, he has a milk mustache. It was, it's great. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. I, I, I miss uh funny old Jim Carrey or young Jim Carrey. You know what I mean? Yep. Jerry then goes in to Fulton's room and he's ready and he comes in with a bang because he wants to really kind of, you know, he wants to kill it if you <laughs> or, will. or kill him. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. All right. Mickey and Kramer um, are playing rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> kind of weirdly, they say rock, paper, scissors match. match. Yeah. And, and, and Mickey's rationale that nothing be well, Kramer does right when they start it, Kramer does paper and paper, Mickey yeah. says rock and Mickey wins. He punches him, but Kramer's like, wait, doesn't paper beat rock? But I love Mickey says, he goes, no rock flies right through paper. And that's always stuck in my head. So whenever we play <laughs> rock, paper, scissors, I mean, I get it. I get that paper beats rock, but at my head I go, no, but rock flies right through paper. So I think Mickey is correct in this. Nothing beats rock. <laughs> well, then to tie to another sitcom, I guess we could play rock, paper, scissors, lizard Spock. If you're a big bang theory fan, Jeez. Um, again, not that one either. So sorry. Not that one either. That's all right. <laughs> I guess I like the nerdy, the nerdy new hip shit, but um, other than like, I like uh, how I met your mother, but I've actually watched it three times all the way through and I've liked it less Ooh. each time I've watched, I've watched it through. That doesn't happen here with Seinfeld. No, no that does not happen with Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually similar to Big Bang Theory. I like see there are nine seasons of Big Bang and I haven't, and I have seen now pretty much all of it through the, the second half is trash, mm. utter trash but those first five seasons are solid i think actually quite humorous um and enjoyable good for a nerd but like the second half just fucking skip it the only that, 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 that is my more hot take just drops yeah doing. no that's no I, I i appreciate that i've never seen either of them i would probably be more inclined to see how i met your mother than the big bang theory uh sitcom wise the only thing new that my wife and i watch is superstore i i actually really oh, love it I, I love it too except i'm a little disappointed that america Ferrera yeah. left because i had the i had a huge fucking crush on america Ferrera. so um, dude uh, she is she she has that she is hot yeah boy is america for a hot but she also has like this approachable yeah. factor to her yeah. and so you're just like for us regular guys that will never get yeah. america ferrera and part of us like I, I, I would go up to her and buy her a drink yeah. and maybe maybe that could happen yeah. but at the same time no that's fucking america ferrera you idiot yeah. that's it's <laughs> and that's a great show guys superstore is really fucking it funny is. it really is one thing i do want to mention i guess before i go back to seinfeld I one highlight of How I Met Your Mother is the writing, particularly with with what they do is they set things up in like early seasons, and then you don't get a payoff until like three seasons later. That's cool. And you love that. That's cool. I like it's that. Cool. I, I like some some long term payoffs that really yeah. reward viewership, yes. consistent viewership. That's that's cool. It does. That's cool. And and it rewards rewatching it because you see it yeah. again, like see something earlier on, like, oh shit, that was set up here. And then you know you know what's coming and you're excited for it. And then it's just the problem is it just it fell to shit at the end. Mm. And it's not just the final episode I'm talking about. Like it really did kind of decline yeah. in the last couple. Um and so it it, it bothered me. 
but yeah. But anyway, let's get back to Seinfeld because we know <laughs> Seinfeld is great. Well, actually, we don't know. We're going episode by episode to find out <laughs> is it great from start to finish. But I can tell you, this season is this is this a peak or is this um, just the start of a of a continuous incline? We'll see. All right. So, um, other little persons come up to Mickey, visibly ag- angry at him. Uh, you know, they all know that he's heightening. He gives a monologue uh, about the whole kid. I really appreciate mm-hmm. him just like, you know, he's pouring out to everybody mm-hmm. like, it wasn't me. The kid, he's heightening. And, or like, he's he's growing all this kind and, of shit. And the camera's also like kind of slowly pull, like dollying back, and which gives it this like gravitas to it, you know, as, yeah. as people sort of start circling around him. And that's kind of like, you don't see that much camera movement in a sitcom. So I kind of appreciated that. I, I love this scene right here. Honestly, it made me feel like they were giving an homage homage to a different monologue somewhere. But I, I, I yeah. searched. I couldn't find it. No, I, I couldn't find that if they were. I guarantee you it is some kind of an homage, but I don't know what it is either. Yeah. All right. If anybody else knows out there, please let us know because we couldn't find yeah. it. So. All right. Tammy then uh, basically says, fuck this. I'm not going to date you. I'm going to go date Johnny. Obviously, the other guy that, um, you know, Mickey's all pissed off with. So he's all mad and angry about the heightening thing. So he jumps on Kramer again. He is vicious. <laughs> and, and I love the delivery right. because he's he's like watching Tammy and, and Johnny walk away. And he's like, ah, and then he turns around and looks at Kramer and growls again. Like, ah, yeah. and then just tackles him. Fucking love Mickey. Love him yeah. so much. Yeah, very much so. Um, God damn. Yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, or maybe at the, at the end and I won't, we won't be able to at the end, but we should probably like rank, we should rank maybe like our top 10 favorite Jerry's or maybe our, because this is the season of sleaze, our top 10 hottest, um, Jerry's, uh, Girlfriend? uh girlfriends Girl. that we wanted to bang or like the ones that we want to bang <laughs> so much. And then also, you know, I would rank our top ten side characters. Well, we or like you know people with side characters. Yeah. We should do at the end. Yeah, at the end of the series, right? And then yeah, yeah. And then and then yeah, I'm with you, buddy. I'm with you. I think that yeah. would be a lot of fun. I think yeah, we're gonna try to figure out some ways. Oh, stuff. I said season. I said yeah. season, but I meant series. Yeah. You know, yeah, you yeah, know. we will. I think that'll be a lot of fun. We'll we'll have so I think we'll have a lot of fun little com- uh, topics that we can you know add some episodes yeah. at the end and and talk about some different shit. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but spoiler alert, Mickey will make it onto the list of side characters. Both of our list yep. of yeah, side characters without question. Uh, and maybe we should just remove Newman from it mm-hmm. because yeah, that, that'd be the same. I mean, it's at some, yeah, like you said, at some point it's like Newman and Putty inhabit their own. They are yes. almost in the, the main character's circle. They're not quite, yeah. they're just not, it's a, yeah. And then everyone else sort of falls into to yeah. sort of different categories. Exactly. Because, I mean, it be- almost becomes a thing where Elaine and Putty are yeah. so joined, and it's just like you expect him with her in most episodes. And honestly, I'm I'm excited to get to a Putty, yeah. you know? Like, I, I, I think Patrick Warburton does a fantastic job. He's also, I'm a hockey guy, so maybe I'm a little bit biased because I'm excited to talk when, you know, <laughs> the devils! <laughs> the devils! <laughs> but, like, I hate the devils. I fucking hate them. I'm a Flyers fan. But Putty... Yeah. Is just like that dumb bro, and I and I, he is a diff, totally different dynamic, yep. and I enjoy that. Yep, and, and you know we haven't had a chance to really talk about Putty too much, but oh, I love me some Putty. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ask the eight ball. Ask the eight ball. <laughs> <laughs> right, all right. 
So we cut to Jerry, who is doing a fantastic job. He is killing it, literally. <laughs> um, we do get a Superman joke yeah. reference here. Yeah, which I thought was cute. He's talking about, what's the deal with the Justice League? <laughs> you know, you don't need all of them. You have Superman. He can do everything everyone else is doing. He's Superman. He's Superman. Ha, ha, ha. Which is actually kind of right. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, literally, Superman is just barely less faster than the flash yeah um he is like stronger than all of them he has fucking eye beams cold breath um he's not as smart as batman or something but like you know what you can lose that and you should still be able to beat batman plenty (laughs) well and that's the thing that's what i love about batman is that he can be on the justice league and he's like the only human with no powers and he can hold his own if not Eh take down yeah. every single fucking member of the Justice yeah, League. because he's that smart. And that's why fucking Batman is Batman. And, yeah. and I don't I mean, necessarily love to... Superman as a, as a character that... I, there's some cool Superman stories. I kind of... I kind of really like uh, anything uh, uh, Grant Morrison does with Superman. Um, but yeah. I, I like yeah. Superman as an idea and as an icon and as, like, a, a symbol. And I think that there's always a place for a character like Superman. The, the you know, the always good guy, you know? It's something to look up to. But I just never mm-hmm. felt like he makes a very compelling character to like read about you know i agree i've never cared for him um batman is easily my favorite he's so interesting he's got the best stories he always does yeah and if you want to find out about um our favorite dc storylines go check out blast from our past just well today the the day that we are talking but it's been a so this would be half ago last week uh Yeah. yeah last week's episode Exactly. Um, by the time this is out, you should also check out Blast from Our Past because currently we talk Die Hard and the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh, nice. That's our holiday episode. You should absolutely check that out. But the week before that, if you want to talk about uh, Superman and DC, John and I are joined by the Dr. DC podcast, and we talk uh, our favorite top 10 DC storylines. Nice. So a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. Great episode, yeah. guys. Yeah. I haven't listened yet. <laughs> you asshole it's only been out for like seven hours if that uh all right all right um he, all right. he kills fulton fulton yeah all right so fulton while jerry is doing all this shit he goes super quiet um because he's been laughing too hard so we're gonna assume that he's dead yeah jerry killed him ha 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 uh then we cut to george and daphne at monks and she dumps him yep i and breaking up with you. Uh, she doesn't say that. It's from a different Seinfeld episode. We already talked about that. Uh, and he plays it off as sad, but honestly, he's actually very happy. And uh, then she kind of mentions that she's dating this guy, Pachyderm, that they've brought up a couple times. Yeah, and talk about just like a fucking wet noodle on the table. That was like, I was like, Pachyderm. I was like, oh, yeah, that was mentioned, I guess, here and there. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay, why not? (laughs) Do you know what I would have rather it happened? Is they had so much of a hubbub of the Al on the bus and how much in love he is. I would have liked to see him fall from grace from the love and he is now dating her or some shit like that. That would have tied in better to me. I 
completely agree, dude. That that I completely agree with that. Um, I'll I'll just take the reins on this one. Yeah. You you know you did the last one. Um, and by the way, that little monk scene was again another stinger. Uh, no yeah. no nope. final stand up. So yeah, that happened last episode, and uh, it's happened before this season. So curious to see if they're gonna start phasing away the final the final stand up, or or will they just not be like so adherent to the formula and they'll just kind of, mm-hmm. if it's, if it's warranted, great. If it's not warranted, fine. Um, and we don't have all that many left in the season. We are down to five more yeah. to end season five. Yeah. I, I kind of didn't realize that this season was going by so quickly, but yep, sure enough it is. Um, so this episode, yeah, I, I love Mickey. There's no no bones about it. I absolutely love Mickey. Um, he is the highlight of this episode for me. I think he is fantastic. I love everything he's doing. No problems whatsoever. Uh, Jerry, for the this is the I would say this is one of those times where like he's the main character and he is not the main storyline for this episode. Mm. It seems like it feels like he just didn't have that much to do. Although ultimately I thought it was funny how it ends with, with the Fulton possibly dying. I kind of, I kind of like sort of liked how it played out, but ultimately I didn't think Jerry had much to do and maybe, you know, maybe that's by design. Maybe they figure they'll give Kramer and, and Mickey a little bit more, but Overall, it was fun. It was enjoyable, but I didn't love it. And our conversation about it, you know, I enjoyed our conversation about it, but it didn't quite make me like the episode more like our last conversation did. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to give this one 2.5 Daphne's out of five. (laughs) And and again, I love Mickey, but it wasn't, I thought it was just not the, not the, like the best written uh, at the end with the fucking, like we said, the, the, the pachydermist or whatever. I was like, well, I didn't even like realize what they were saying. I was like, what? Okay. Is that's, and that's the butt to your joke. That is literally the punchline to your entire joke. And I just thought it fell flat. So unfortunately it was not the strongest episode this season. Uh, yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, wholeheartedly with everything you just mentioned, decent episode. It's fucking Seinfeld. Um, Mickey, Mickey is without question, as you said, the top tier part of this episode, bringing him in gets me excited to know I'm going to get more Mickey Mm -hmm. soon. Seeing him here. I'm just like, yes, yes. Finally, Mickey, his dynamic with Kramer is so good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see that. George's stubbornness is on brand. I approve. The Phil taking it out stuff. It's funny in the moment, but I got no payoff. Yeah, I got no payoff, man. Like, because nothing, there nothing was happened some to kinda, Phil. Nothing like no. there's no ramifications. He just he just didn't get to sleep with Elaine, which which is pretty bad ramifications. I mean, that's a terrible. <laughs> in oh our, my god, yeah. poor soul. Yeah, but. There, the whole the payoff was it's a joke that we understand as you know a meta audience that Jerry knows when he's talking to him in in the hospital. That's that is the payoff of it. It's just like, well, I wanted to see kind of more from it, yeah. or so you know, there's something, and so that was disappointing. Um, yeah, I would have liked, um, you know, that the that the guy Al being in love, there would have he, I would have liked him to have some kind of comeuppance. 
you know, or something to kind of wrap up his storyline. Who the fuck was he at the beginning of the episode? And then at the end, there's nothing. Like, why the fuck? Why wasn't it just Phil? It should have been just fucking Phil on the bus because that guy was really worthless. Other than the fact that he was there and then it it it, it fueled George's anger. You could have found something else to fuel George's anger. Al was a worthless goddamn character. And because they didn't wrap it up at the very end or something else, it hurt the episode. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I still, maybe my, my enjoyment of Mickey liked it enough. And so I give it just a tad bit more than you. So I give it three out of five little person lifts. Yeah. I mean, yeah. M- Mickey is strong this episode. He he really, really is. You know, may- maybe I just wanted more of a showcase for him. But, I mean, this was a, a, oh, yeah. a strong episode for Mickey. Um, but, yeah, dude, I just – I think neither of us really had uh, enjoyed much of what was going around it. But at the end of the mm-hmm. day, it's still not a 2.5 season one. It's still a no. higher 2.5, you know, overall. Oh. But uh, for me, at least, you know, as far as feelings go. But – yeah, yeah, Mickey's the highlight, man. Mickey is the highlight. Without question. And I can't wait to see more of Mickey. I guess we'll get him more this season. I hope it's mm-hmm. I hope there's not less Mickey than I'm thinking that there is. I hope that's not the I, case. I I'm fearful. If I have I'm a fearful feeling, that there is. It like I believe there's really only Mickey this season and maybe next. I don't know if we get him all that much later. Okay. Like I think seasons 8 and 9, I'm not sure if he's in it. Maybe I'm wrong. Again, syndication brain, yeah. you kind of forget. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. But but I mean, like you said, dude, like him with 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 Kramer is just it's inspired. It's it's like Kramer mm-hmm. and Newman. It's just perfect. Yeah. Kramer, if you find the perfect sort of created personality to put next to him, man, it, it's 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 yeah, it's it's chocolate and peanut butter, man. It's it's fucking yeah. perfect. So And and we're gonna get some similar stuff because Kramer and Newman dive more and more into those wacky yeah. schemes mm-hmm. and Mickey and Kramer do similar yep. stuff later down the line. I mean, it is just the same kind of thing, but just repackaged. And the thing is like, they could have put Newman in those and that would have been fine too. But like, it's nice. Mickey's great. Yeah. It's nice. So. Breath of fresh air. So it's yeah. love us. And that's it. Love Mickey. We both love Mickey rock on Mickey. Oh, yeah. And uh, you know what else is a <laughs> breath of fresh air? How about those boys over at the Talking Back podcast, my man? We love Tim and Dean, don't we? Huge breath of fresh air. You know, they are two of the funniest Canadians I've ever (laughs) heard in my life. Mostly I hate Canadians. They're terrible people. But I'm kidding. I fucking have no issues. My stepdad's Canadian. My stepbrother is Canadian. No issues. Tim and Dean. Those guys are fantastic. I love the content they're putting out. If you guys haven't heard... All of the Predator content that they've been doing is awesome <laughs> yeah. listening to all that shit. Yeah. Um, but besides that, like, they go into some real wild stuff with some comics that I've never even thought about. Yep. Like, it is really fun listening to their podcast. So, um, and Tim literally does a great job of his research and, and just really kind of, you know, picking things out. And Dean is just a goof <laughs> in, in the best in the best possible way they they have a yes. great rapport uh the the energy yeah. and everything is is fan fucking tastic those guys are awesome uh we've said it before we don't bring in other podcasts to this network that we aren't 
fans of ourselves mm-hmm. and I know you are and I am as well. We're yep. both fans of Talking Back. So please, you know, just you, you've heard us plug Podcasting After Dark and you've heard us plug uh, Blast From Our Past. So we're just going to plug Talking Back on this one. Go just go check out Talking Back uh, on a personal level. I listened to their episode. I'm a Star Wars nerd. Actually, I'm wearing a Star Wars yeah. t-shirt right it's, now. It's a, it's a Scarface slash Darth Vader sort of mashup. Exactly. I think I got it at either Target or Walmart. Um, but they did an episode on the Clone Wars, the mm-hmm. 2003, um, the guy who did, I can't remember his name, but the guy who did Samurai yeah. Jack uh, led the uh, 2003 Clone Wars animated movie. This was before the Clone Wars. The CGI like, cartoons. Yeah. The CGI version yeah. came about. Um and literally their passion and specifically I think it's Tim's passion for that movie made me be like fuck I am going to go back and rewatch Star Wars in canon and I want to also watch like you know that movie that movie's not canon actually it got yeah. it got removed from canon but like I want to go it, it, it honestly made me be like I need to well also probably Mandalorian watching that as well <laughs> in general like getting hyped up for that but it's not just that but like literally that was the thing that be like that was the catalyst that said all right I am doing fucking Star Wars from canon I want this shit and I'm I, it's taking me a while I'm not like I've got there's too much shit other going on I'm watching I'm watching other stuff in between I watched the boys in between I watch I'm watching Golden Girls in between because fucking Golden Girls is amazing <laughs> if you guys aren't watching that you should fucking watch that but like I'm in the middle of like my canon run of Star Wars, and it's because of Talking Back. They have a passion for everything they talk about. They fucking care. And besides that, they're just an entertaining podcast. And and this was not a bit. I can attest that Adam has been saying the entire time that he loved that episode of Talking Back, and that's I why it's love it. We, t- we usually we usually keep our Star Wars talks uh, offline, even though weirdly, like this episode, we can talk about Elliot Page and, and everything, but we keep yeah, our everything. our Star Wars talks sort of offline. And and Adam has said that about them since day one. Um, I personally love all of their Predator shit, so. Check yeah. out Talking Back as a favor to us. We'll 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 end our final plugs with that and just say, check out Talking Back. We love those guys. They're awesome, and you should definitely check them out. And uh, you know what? We'll see you guys next week with the wife. Woo! I have a wife. You have a wife. Yeah. Wives are cool. Woo-hoo. We rock. <laughs>